Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. All right, folks, welcome back to the last Mountain West Wire football podcast. Jeremy here, hanging out with uh, Matt, doing... um. Back for our weekly show because Matt, as we know, it was said last week, off season is going to be a struggle this time around. Oh yeah. So, um, what have you been up to then? What's been going on? Because everyone well, wants to know. Because we don't need to dive right into it. We can have some fun here, not the non nonsense part of the show, I guess, since it's kind of real life stuff. <laughs> well, you know, as I talked about in last week's podcast, um, I've been a part of the shelter in place initiative across California, and it's kind of funny because. It seems like the kind of thing that should be like a dream, but it's actually really disorienting. How so? Just, would you just to try and keep everything in perspective, you know, just the fact that there's, you know, a significant risk in in doing kind of uh, normal things that you two week two or three weeks ago nobody would have given a second thought to. And you know, I was reading something from Rolling Stone earlier today. And, you know, it just it, what it more or less speaks to is the fact that, you know, mindfulness is really hard for people, just average people. So, like, being aware all the time is just really mentally exhausting. And, I, you know, at the end of this week, that's kind of where I feel like I'm at. It's like, oh, there's so much going on, so much to be aware of, so much to, to think about. And so it's nice to just be able to kind of take my mind off of things to talk about football for a little bit that's the same thing like my wife like i'm working from home it's weird to do work on a radio show from home but we can have we can get it done we have the technology doing that mm-hmm. side so the weird thing about my job normally typically i don't work till evenings like i'd hop on the train maybe grab the kids from school like three four o'clock go up to my either go to work and i'd be home about 10 or 11 and like out of all, all day to myself, like not too bad. I'm, I'm by myself all the time throughout the day, just my two dogs typically. Yeah. But then now it's like, okay, kids are over from school. We are changed our radio show to pre-record during the day because they're splitting everybody up. Like I'm at home. We have one guy in the studio and the other host is at his house with equipment, the border operator. Very few people. They don't want, even though it's a new station, a few people as possible to be there. So like all the like half the traffic people, half the news anchors, half the hosts are like at home just so mm-hmm. – if somebody gets six, but now I'm doing it today. I'm like, okay, I'm here during the day. And so I'm done at nine. I'm like, what, what do we do? It's like, it's weird for me because I'm used to being home by myself, but I'm home with everybody else and doing my same yeah, thing. Yeah. But then it's like, same thing with my wife. She's a nurse, but she's doing stuff at home because of, she has issues for, could get very sick if something happens. So she's doing all the stuff from home, which is great for now, as I say, because I know what I mean for now, it's going to be the case. But it's like, you're right. What do you put your mind to? It's like, oh, watch TV, whatever, but you might have your phone around. I'm like, so I decided to or suggested maybe this would be helpful for you. Read books because maybe you, you put, your oh, phone yeah. away, put your phone away. Don't read on a device. Get an actual no, I've actually been paper reading books. through uh, Doug Farrar's <laughs> Genius of Desperation, which if you, uh, if you want to just be enlightened about football history and the innovations that have driven it, highly recommended. Have you read Bill C's book? Was it 50, 50 top 50 teams? Isn't that one of his books he has? Uh, that's one of them. I did read Study Hall. Okay, um, I have a copy of that. that. I should pull that, that out. That was part of that was part of my master's final exam. That's right. He was he, part of reading that book. Yeah, he emailed me a copy a couple years ago. 
Um, so this book, like read books. So we kind of kind of started doing that actual books. One book I'm gonna get. Have you got the Office book that's out? Have you seen that? I I didn't realize that was out already. It's it just came out. The other, I think last week. It's the guy for you mentioned Roy Stone. I'm like, oh yeah, that guy. It's um, is it, oh shit, I forget his name. I want to pull up so exactly who it is. Um, but it's like oral history of the Office stuff, which is Office is a great show, obviously, mm-hmm. right? Kind of watching that, but oh shoot, it's in my cart too. I want to go find it, but it's a to read a book about the Office, just kind of like. Why one? I read something on Rolling Stone about. I think is it Adam Adam Speenwell? Is that the guy who does like uh, Rolling Stone? Oh, you're talking about Adam Seppenwall. Adam Seppenwall. I think I think it's a book by him. Trying to check my cart here on Amazon because I'm going to buy it probably this week. But it's like, okay, why did uh, Andy get the boss job over Dwight? And it's out there, and the reason it's the same reason The Office became popular because Steve Carell and Forty Year Old Virgin. He's a star. People want to watch it. They go, let's put the star of The Hangover, which are just. In my opinion, okay movies. The, the Hangover is terrible, but continue. I've seen one of them. I thought it was okay. It was like, it's on. I'll watch. I'll see what the hubbub's about. It's okay. But like, well, he's a star. Let's put him. And that's kind of a, a strife in the writer's room. How he, who should have been boss after after uh, yeah. Michael Scott left or Steve Carell left the show. So it's stuff like that I'm looking to read. I'm going to buy um, um, Shay Shrana, who does amazing things on Twitter. gives away money because he's awesome all the time to people. He has a Scrubs um, PDF. Have you seen that? Where do you think you are? Yeah, Scrubs. Do you, okay, this might end the podcast. Do you like Scrubs or not? Oh, yeah, of course. Of course you do. Perfect. See, I knew it. You have to. It has, if you don't count for season nine, which I don't think really counts, the end of season eight is like the perfect ending to any TV, any TV show ever. And that montage mm-hmm. at the end, it's amazing. So he has I, like, I got to do I gotta do a rewatch before me I too. get that one. Well, I'm well, yeah, but he has a PDF out there. I think it's only 20 bucks. You can buy the Office one as well, like Conference Room, Five Minutes or something. Yeah. Go check him out. I, I, I do already have that one. Me too. I should read it again. But I'm currently, as for watching stuff, from, I've been I've been doing it for about a month before being stuck at home because here in Utah, we're not technically shelter in place, but they're they're basically, it's, they're calling it stay home, stay safe. So highly encouraging you to stay home, mm-hmm. but not really making it stay home because we're my neck of the woods down by BYU. People are real stupid and aren't staying home. Yeah. Well, that's <laughs> everywhere. It <laughs> is, but it seems more crowded, like, I, when just, I was, just, a, just a reminder to everybody, all our listeners, um, about six days ago, there were six confirmed cases of COVID-19 here in Fresno County. What do you got now? Yes, Yesterday, it was, I believe, I, I want to say 49. Okay. Big jump. And, and that's just that we know of. Yeah, that, that's so true. So please, that please take it seriously. Because when I yeah when I was driving to work or had to go, I'm like, I'm not taking the train. It was more quiet driving up to Salt Lake City than it was down, down south where I'm at where populations – Still a bit more in Salt Lake. It's still getting pretty big when you kind of the area, but it seemed there's more people down south, out and about than downtown. I'm like, oh boy. Yeah. But it's like, just stay home. So I've been watching like How I Met Your Mother, which is a very underrated show. Your thoughts? Pretty good. Oh, that's all you got? Pretty good? Really? Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. I think it's. See, the last season kind of is not the greatest, but it's still a really good show. So I'm watching yeah. it on Hulu. I know everybody's watching Tiger King, which I started watching my wife. I've not seen that yet. So the reason I know about him before it came out, because I like I heard about it, and my what, my wife different schedule than me, so she's watching here and there, starting to watch from the beginning. You do you watch? I, I believe you watched John Oliver last week tonight. Oh yeah. About a year or two ago, he he always shows random campaigns from different parts of the country for whatever reason, just because stupid people. Mm-hmm. And there was that guy Joe Exotic running for president, like, I think in 2016. Oh okay. <laughs> Hit videos and stuff, and then apparently Michael Katz today found out he went to high school in Laramie. Hmm. So there's a big connection. That's something I know everybody's watching. But that's kind of what I've been doing. I may go back and watch Justified again because that's one of the best shows ever, I think. 
I agree. And my wife hasn't seen it because any also anything Walt Goggins is in is amazing. That's and, very true. Like That's, Vice, Vice Principal, the right the Righteous Gemstones. I'm about halfway through that. Vice Principals is really good. Yeah. I haven't seen that show, The Unicorn on CBS. I have it on my DVR, but if he's in, it's probably gonna be funny. Yeah, I think. But so that's kind of what I'm up to. But books are a good idea too because you put everything away. Read some football books. I know Matt Brown has the book, what is the What If, College Football. Mm-hmm. That's a pretty good book, book as well. I've read on that. So I guess we get the real stuff now. Um, our show basically is going to – do we even mention our website here? It's it's not about TV and books. Our website's we, – We did say Mountain West Wire. So at least people could Google that. And I do, know our tra- I do know our traffic has diminished a little bit because, well – not much going on. There's nothing going on. We're doing our best. We're trying to get some stuff out there. We're working on a few other things, but MWR.com is our website. We're on Twitter, Facebook. Well, at least apparently, well, that's another kerfuffle. I got kicked off our Facebook page somehow, but working on that. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, what we're going to do, we're going to talk about schedules because the schedule came out. This is a show we wanted to do, Matt, what, about a month ago, I believe? Because mm-hmm. we we're kind of, oh, we'll go every other week, college basketball, we'll do NCAA tournament. And well, whoops, that didn't happen either. So that was kind of, we, that was supposed to be a few weeks ago. Not many spring football practices are going on. There, everybody had a couple except for Air Force. But before we get to the spring football, should we talk about what are the odds you want to play? We'll get to this more with other comments from Gary Anderson if you heard about. So we'll get to that as well, kind of mixing the schedule talk. But what's going to happen? Like, are we going to have college football? Because Olympics have been canceled for until mm-hmm. next year. And I get the Olympics because it's a much bigger ordeal than filling up a stadium anywhere from twenty to 100,000 people when you have 150-plus countries coming to one city. Yeah. That's a bit different, so I get that. But base, Major League Baseball is not going on right now. MLS, or, we, know, we know the drill. Nothing's going on. And there's no time frame for anything to come on. Like Scott Boris, super mega agent for MLB, still wants to play 162 games, wants to have a Christmas World Series, which would be weird and awkward, I think, a little bit. But they want to start June 1st, maybe, maybe July 1st. NBA is looking at a Labor Day to get their NBA finals going on. MLS just postponed another six weeks. Basically, everything's done. It's like, think about it. We're getting pushed back, pushed back, pushed back. Like, college football, if you think about it, there's no spring, which hurts people. Just because either practice, condition, treatment-wise, like we mentioned last show a little bit. Mm-hmm. Most fall camps start mid to late July, especially the Mountain West. I think there's five-week zero games we'll get into in a minute here. But... Do you see a cutoff point of where they're not going to do college football? Will it be pushed back? Will it be nobody sitting around? Because how comfortable would you, Matt, be going to? Because I saw the article you put on your Facebook page, the AP, about the like Game Zero, essentially. Yeah. The Champions League match. Definitely go read that. They came out the other day. It's, it's kind of similar with me in Utah. I was on the air doing our radio show when Rudy Gobert from the Jazz got sick. They waved off the Thunder game or poof, gone. That could have been a way bigger deal, possibly. But, like, that game had so many people, traveling fans from different countries. Like, how comfortable would you even go into, say you go to a Fresno game, and it's the first game back, sports are back, great to go. Honestly, if it's, it's we're thinking positive here, sell out games across the country because we're back to seeing football and live sports, right? That's the real, mm-hmm. real realistic possibility. How comfortable would you be going to that game with 40,000 people at Fresno Stadium? Um, I mean, right now, I probably would not be comfortable. Sure. That's what and I mean. So you know, so and so just kind of lay this out there because you, you mentioned it very briefly, but I wanted to talk about it at least for for a minute. So an article from from the AP from a few days ago talked about a Champions League game. Um, for those of you who don't realize that's soccer yeah. over in Europe um, between At, uh, Atlanta and Valencia. And at this point, you know, this happened in mid February. They're calling it Game Zero because. Apparently, I think people brought it 
from Spain, visiting fans from the Valencia club. Um, and that's why, you know, the city where the game took place, uh, Bergamo, would they, they called it, what was that? I'm trying to find the, uh, exact quote, the a biological bomb. Yeah. The biological bomb. I got it right here. Yeah. 35% of that team, 35% of Valencia's team became infected mm-hmm. and, you know, they didn't know it was ha- going to happen until after it happened. So, you know, that's just kind of like a, a big scale thing. They said as of Tuesday, there were 7,000 people in that province that had tested positive for COVID-19. Over 1,000 people had died. So that's like a big scale thing that at this moment in time, that's mm-hmm. what makes it really hard to fathom. That's most of the reason why there's no timeline. But I think what it's, you know, more specifically it's all going to depend on how disciplined people want to be because if you want to look a little closer to home you can you look at the news that came out of uh, liberty today oh jeez that's because because they decided to go back they decided to defy public health experts and then like almost immediately a dozen students showed symptoms of covid-19 don't be surprised either that like we know buddy came to on twitter i'm like he knew this. We knew this would happen because Liberty's. There's a lot of reasons Liberty kind of is crappy, but this was. You had to see this a million miles away. Like this was going to happen. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like you, know, you see people not doing what they should be doing, not taking the precautions that public health experts are saying everybody should be doing. You know, physical distancing. You know, trying to limit you. You know, the number of trips that you make to the store. Trying to limit this, that, and the other thing. And you know, a lot of people are doing it. Some people aren't. A lot aren't. A lot aren't. And like, example, really quick, National Park in Southern Utah, they want to close all this down unless you're from the county, which is hard to kind of police hard a little bit. Force. Yeah, enforce, I should say. Like, they don't even have people at the gates, like, drop your money, an envelope will come out and pick it up periodically. Today, the first day, this we're recording here Sunday, on what, what's March 29th, I believe? Yeah. Days run together now, Matt. If it's Sunday, Tuesday, every day, every day seems like a Saturday just about. <laughs> Except, for, even, even with me working, it still seems, what day is this today? But there are people from, and it's very popular. There's a lot of national parks in Utah, extremely popular. Oh, yeah. And this was the southern Utah was a snow canyon, so it's not even one of the big ones. It's a pretty decent size one, but it's not, one, it's not like Bryce Canyon. It's not Zion's National Park, stuff like that. But it's still mm-hmm. pretty big country, more, nice weather this time of year, late March. You're 90 minutes from Vegas, if that puts perspective for temperature weather-wise. It's pretty nice right now this time of year. Packed cars, packed to the brim, trying to get in from Nevada, Wyoming, Colorado, Washington, and New Mexico, coming into this park. I'm like, what are you people doing? Like, I okay, I'll, I'll make an error. I made a mistake. I had to go to the I, well, I didn't have to go to the AT and T store yesterday. I went there because I had to do a couple things, sort mm-hmm. of, and it was easier to do it in person than online. They had, and not all of them were open because some of them were closed. I had to find one that was open because. A lot of stores are changing hours and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And so this one, I looked, it's a little bit farther away. I'm like, not a big deal. So I go because I need to swap a phone out and do a couple things that was easier in store, which should not excuse, but I did it. They had six employees there, Matt. In an AT&T store, I get it Saturday is pretty busy, but this is like 4 o'clock on Saturday where mm-hmm. I think it'd be pretty packed. There was like one other customer there. And then they're like six employees. I'm like, do you need that many people in this store? But <laughs> yeah. it's just weird. It's like, I get it. They were, whatever they're going to do, it's like their job and stuff. I'm like, it's just kind of odd because a lot of stuff's being shut down. But like, you're right. That soccer game, it's packed in there. It's like, I don't know where we're going with this. But it's just saying, like, don't be stupid, which people are. Like, the disappointment factor, I guess, we're getting, like, the University of Liberty University, it's like, 
you would rather and it, i mean like i've been saying this like when me and andy were doing the basketball podcast back in mid-february we're like hey be careful this could be coming down the pipeline and like people are like oh it's not gonna happen they're not gonna postpone this postpone that and like and look what happened and i would rather and i also say it every day and like don't first off if you fall don't listen to clay clay travis ever block him if you follow anything he does on twitter way ahead of you there i yeah i i see him on my timeline so i randomly go take a peek and see what he's doing i'm like oh boy but i would rather be disappointed now and say we because if you say we overdid it we probably did the right thing yeah that's entirely the point and then you look at places a part of it too for getting sports back which u.s is such a big country like spread out wise like oklahoma has fewer cases in north dakota than than me and utah new york city is wild southern california is getting pretty big washington state is pretty bad new orleans stuff like that boston's getting hit that's oh, spread out so if we have games that come back whatever sport it may be and then you look at over in Wuhan where it's kind of finally dipping down and they were had stuff started around Christmas, possibly earlier, depending what, you know, news coming out of there is not the most reliable sometimes, but on Christmas, we knew what they had going on. Mm-hmm. If it's in ways like if New York city is this bad now and they say it's not the worst, what's to say it's not going to get way worse in Chicago or where you live, where I live, where it's waves. It's like, where is it safe to, uh, for a national sport? Like if it's NBA or MLB or even college football, like, do you want to go play in, University of Miami, where there's still people hanging on the beach to play the Hurricanes. It's like yeah. that's hard of it to go to wave. So it's like to get the whole country clear is different, is very difficult compared to a smaller sized country in other places. That's going to be part of it too. It's going to hit worse here and there. Yeah. And it reminds me of another article that I read a couple days ago from the Atlantic that basically lays out three different scenarios. And one of them that I think that you're kind of alluding to, I think they compared it to just playing whack a mole. Yeah. It's like, you know, it's it's mm-hmm. the long game, as it were. It's probably the most likely scenario. In that scenario, I think, if I remember correctly, they were saying it could last like 12 to 18 months just because, you know, there could be flare-ups for yeah. longer than anybody would anticipate. We don't really know. But yeah. that's why, you know, do you... <laughs> I think of it in the same way I think about climate change. Do you really want to be wrong about this stuff? Like, no. do you really want to put other people at risk unnecessarily? No, and it's like I read the UK, like they're saying it could be six months to get back to normal. Part of it too is like speculation when it gets warmer, these type of things go away for a little bit. So maybe summertime it seems like it's under control, which maybe that's the case and they could It could it could be because could be. you know, viruses typically don't handle summer that well. Um did you hear the guy talked about blowing a, a hairdryer up your nose? See that no, guy? no, don't do that. No, I mean, did you hear about that though? <laughs> I did hear about that. <laughs> it's the word okay, don't do that, but I'm not even going to give it validation, but that is true, like flu. And so that's why how often you get the flu in the summer or even get a cold in the summer, warm weather, very unlikely. However, you're in Miami, people are getting sick from it. So that may not be the case. Yeah. But let's just say it does, which it can do, that can do two things. And we'll get to some sports here. I got a palate cleanser game we'll play in a minute here to, to kind of smooth things over folks. So just, just be, bear with us here. So let's say it does get better. A couple things it can do, help people produce more clinics. My wife, I know she's not a hospital nurse. She goes to see, People, but you know who she sees, Matt? People who are old, dying, leaving hospitals who probably had respiratory systems. So yeah. I was like, okay. She doesn't have the right equipment, which sucks. And she's lucky where she's not seeing – she can adjust her schedule. And we don't see many people. If you're out in New York City, like I have a friend or she does who's doing – who's a who decided to be a transit nurse, I guess, um, where she lives in an RV and goes from hospital to hospital to work and do stuff in the area. She's sitting there in Northern California where it's freaking nuts. 
And yeah. so, like, there's she's lucky in that aspect. But if it gets better, see, it dies down a little, or at least gets better, and so whatever degree you want to say, here's what it can do. It can help people if we keep people staying at home longer, fewer people get sick. You can make more equipment if there's fewer people sick now to prepare because you know what happened already. And then in the fall, there's a couple things that could happen, which I've read. I'm not an expert on it, but what you've heard about this type of stuff, it could mutate something worse, which would be probably the worst case scenario. It could come back in general, and just in general, as stronger or comparable to now. Or if we're lucky, it can mutate to something not as good. Yeah. Because any sort of medicine or vaccine is still like a year away. Mm-hmm. And so a couple ways this could be better to maybe get sports back in some degree is that if it decreases during summertime and we still have some restrictions in place, or at least people are comfortable going to the movie theaters. Cause at first I saw, I was one of the few people, not many got to see onward in the, in the theaters, our theater nearby. I'm like, okay, we're doing 50% capacity. I'm like, okay, I go on a Sunday here in Utah. People don't go out on Sunday too often. So I was like 10 people in the theater. Not a big deal. We're fine. You know what I mean? Like when those situations like, okay, we'll go to that. But Stuff will get op- get slowly opened back up, which is great. But if it's still kind of people being very cautious about what you're doing here and there, you're prepared. Maybe that could help bring it back further. But we don't know because what happens if we I, – like games get canceled for hurricanes, for weather all the time, removed or postponed. What happens? You start the season, September, good, still warm everywhere. We, we notice the warm weather is decreasing this. It's more under control but or whatever, fewer. You know what I mean? Just getting better. Late October, boom, it spikes up. What do you do then? Like, how? What? The, I don't know, but I'm hoping it'll start. But that's kind of my hope. That's the case to go for. That'll be more like, eh, well, we got this. And you see, here's what you do: you listen to all of the college football head coaches who are putting PSAs out yeah, there. Yes, Coach O, that's a good one. Uh, yeah, Ed Orgeron, Nick Saban, even you know Jay Norvell in Nevada. Everybody's doing that. Yeah, pretty much. Everybody's doing it. Listen, listen to them. If yeah. you want college football, listen to them. It's like, let me ask you this: like, what we know right now. I'll say this too, and I know you don't like predictions, but I'm going to force you to prediction here, Matt. Mm-hmm. What are the odds we have a a, a a complete regular as normal college football season? I'm going to say worse than fifty fifty. Okay, I like those odds are less than fifty fifty, barely, but that's still not good. No, it's not. <laughs> I I don't know because my main thing again is a wave type of thing. Like if it's bad in New York City, it could be bad in the Midwest later. It could be hit the West Coast. Could hit Texas worse. It's just hard to know. Like, okay, let me ask you. Let me. I think I was thinking college football is fine, but now I'm not just because of whatever. It's. I told my kids when they first got out of school, like in mid March, I'm like, we're not. I kind of whispered, like, they're not going back to school till at all. They might go back for a week in May just to wrap things up or something. I don't know if they'll even do that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, at my campus, they've already said that the rest of the semester and the summer semester Ooh, is summer. going to be entirely online. Yeah, I, so yeah. I'm, I'm not going to be surprised. I think Fresno State has also already made that same move. Sure. So I'm not going to be surprised if that happens elsewhere too. Which I know BYU's done it near me. University of Utah has done it. Some JUCOs or junior colleges. Um, this is more like the elementary stuff. So who knows what they'll do for that? Just kind of go go in waves for a day. Especially my kid, look, he's going to junior high next year. It's kind of weird see how that goes but i would say like as normal no interruptions i might go like 20 percent, and i hate saying that no i mean that sounds about right as for some a, a, <clears throat> excuse me amendments or adjustments i don't know like if they play with nobody maybe they'll do more people like esp to love it for nothing more cbs fs1 if we had 14 weeks of no people in stadium you just have to watch on tv to have like 25 million plus rated games on like fs1 you know what I mean? Yeah. 
Like they would not not like I say that kind of half kidding, but you get my point. They'd be like, "Oh, that's kind of good for our business." Like there's businesses now that are doing better. Like grocery stores doing amazingly, exercise equipment, um, office equipment are doing great. Unfortunately, restaurants and other businesses, museums, theaters aren't doing as well because of this. Mm-hmm. And so I, I I don't know what's gonna happen, but let's play a game here. I, I'm I'm tired of this. Let's get to some football type stuff. So have you seen this on Twitter, Matt? The first stadium, last stadium, best worst stadium. Uh, yes, I have. I actually did it myself. Oh, okay. Go first, because I have not seen yours. What is your first stadium you've been to? Uh, well, the first stadium I ever went to was uh, Candlestick up in San Francisco. Okay, was this a Giants or a um, Niners game? They both played. No, actually, point. I've never been to a 49ers game in person. Oh, interesting. Uh, no, it was definitely a Giants game. We always used to go once a year when I was growing up. Um, okay. So, what? first was Candlestick. Uh, most recent, what did I put for most recent? I don't even remember now. <laughs> Was it would it be Fresno? Would it be um, if you go to the Coliseum? I don't know. Uh, oh no, I went to a I went to a major league soccer game before they put the season on ice. They actually played a game already this year. Some teams did. They they played a couple of games. Yeah, so I went oh. to an earthquakes game against Minnesota. Actually, it's pretty pretty nice. Okay, so is that your best stadium as well? You've been to? No, I'm saying that's the most recent one. The <laughs> nice. nicest stadium is Oracle Park, okay. which is also in San Francisco. That's true. Oh yeah, I've been past that. That used to be AT and T, right? Uh, yes, it did. Yeah, AT&T, did it. and then PNC, PNC, and then Pac Bell Park and That's Oracle right. now. When I was uh, a couple years ago, did a trip to the area. We did like the duck boat tour, so you go around right up, right up against the team. It's pretty cool. Nice. So what's your worst team been to? Is it Candlestick? <laughs> no, it's uh, the Oakland Coliseum. Oh, geez. That is a little brutal. How recent? When's the last time you've been there? Oh, man. It was probably a few years ago, I think. I drove by- I, You know, I'll go to an A's game on occasion. Yeah. But uh, and and I, I tend to be more forgiving of a lot of facilities than a lot of other people. So I mean, you know, it's it's still a fine place to go watch a baseball game. It's certainly dirt cheap if you don't mind that. But uh, it's really not in the same league as I, the stadium across the bay. I was there. I've got I go to San Francisco every now and then. The most recent time I went, I think, it was two years ago. You drive by. We're going through San Jose, extra drove from Utah, which is a brutal drive. It's so long, yeah. but we're driving along and you see. Coliseum, you see all the seats on the side underneath everything. It looks just like a dump. Yeah. So, all right. So me, my first stadium, I tried to think of this. I honestly don't remember. I want to just say for simple sake, probably the Astrodome for some Astros game, probably when I was like in fifth grade or fourth grade. Mm-hmm. It's either that or I'm, or that or maybe University Houston game. No, excuse me. Rice University football game playing Houston for the Bayou Bucket. But I'm going to say the Astrodome because I've been to plenty of baseball games there because you always get like the cheap $2, $5 ticket, especially 30 years ago, essentially. The yeah. cheap, you get those, the cheap nights. So it's probably, I'll say Astrodome. My most recent stadium would be Lavelle Edwards Stadium covering some BYU football game. Um, and I guess a stadium considered, would a basketball stadium count? Or are we going to just football or baseball stadiums? I'll count arenas. Okay, I was just curious. But mine, mine would we still... Can, we can make our own rules. That's true. I would say mine... Because the, the only time I go to games, honestly, now is if I'm working. Because mm-hmm. I'm either watching home working or I'm going working. Um, the best stadium I've ever been to... Um, does a tour of Cowboy Stadium count? It does. <laughs> okay, then I'll have to say that because I did a tour. I got crazy crazy story a couple years ago when we were doing our stuff for SB Nation they like got an email the day before hey can you go to Dallas to look at the new BCS uniforms Boise State TCU is going to be there I'm like yeah I'll go in two days to spend two days in Dallas just for that all, all expense paid trip I'm like yes I'll do that and so I did a nice tour of that which is pretty cool you get to see they had some NFL guys there and some other just promotional thing I'm like what the heck why not they're paying for it you know what I mean yeah um, got to see the nice Rich Carlton cross street it was pretty cool 
Um, but yeah, a tour that you get to locker room. Like the one thing I was wondering with the Super Bowl that was there recently, they said like that Cowboys locker room, no matter what, only for the Cowboys. So I'm wondering what they did for the Super Bowl. <laughs> Interesting. Just because it's like it's only for them. Like you toured visiting room, cheerleader locker room. They have the car dealership there. So, but as for attending a game, I'd probably have to say Minute Maid Park. Or I guess Enron Field technically when it was there back in Houston for the Astros. Mm-hmm. It's probably the nicest stadium because I'm trying to think. I've been to the Fiesta Bowl. The stadium's not great. The worst stadium, bar none, before Ammon G. Carter Stadium in Fort Worth got upgraded. Well, no, I don't know. That's what I remember because I know I've been to University of Houston game. Or excuse me, Rice football game. They're both in Houston. Rice's stadium is pretty bad with the wooden bleachers there. Yeah. But the one I'll say it's a tie between that and Ammon G. Carter because I remember it more. I went down to cover the uh whatever bowl game university top played i think it's 06 i want to say i think it's like eric weddle's last season he played for the utes mm-hmm. i forget who they played but i just remember he had like a pick a touchdown he played quarterback occasionally because they had nobody at quarterback but that stadium was a was junk i go to the press box garbage crappy food like worse than they probably just literally got food from concession here's some hot dogs nachos and a bur- cheap burger like yeah. re- i don't whatever you get free food fine but it was like crappy food it's like it was like just something decent, you know what I mean? It's like, come on. So then let's make the question more specific then, because this is a college football podcast after all. <laughs> yes. So what is the best college football stadium you've ever been to? Ooh, uh, I've only been to a couple. I've been to, I mentioned a couple there. Probably, I guess Lavelle Edwards Stadium, I'm not to say. I've been to University of Utah. Um, as for a fan watching the game, I've never been there as a fan of BYU. I've always paid to go. I mean, gone for free for work. Mm-hmm. Um, University of Utah, when I was at school, I had a couple games. Um, as for as for college football, I, I guess it would have to be Laval or Stadium because that's – like I've been to the Fiesta Bowl. That was pretty cool, but it wasn't like a great stadium in Tucson. Yeah. So because it got – yeah, I, I guess I'd say Laval or Stadium because it's still, it's still – it's pretty nice. That's yeah, reasonable. So – but yeah, so any other thoughts you have on that, or are we good to go? Okay, so what about the worst? Oh, I told you, Amy G. Carter. Oh, Amy G. Carter, yeah, right. By far. Okay. <laughs> so I would say, um, well, let's see. No, I'm never going to say the Astrodome is the worst. Astrodome is amazing, and it's still standing and costing people millions of dollars every year in Houston, so, or in Harris County. So, yeah. All right, should we get to, uh, is it time to get to it? We were, we're 30 minutes in, we barely talked football. Yeah, let's do it. We're going to talk scheduling-wise a little bit, because the schedule's been out for a while, We've had a couple, um, you and me and a few other guys have gone through, done some like preview schedules a little bit here and there. The best thing about the schedule, Matt, we got five week zero games. Yes, we do. So we have those. So I kind of going through, I'll talk about, let me talk about my Wyoming schedule I did take. That's most recently on my mind. Okay. So I did what you did a little bit where I had like SP plus, FP, kind of see what the best, worst stretch was. Mm-hmm. I honestly think Wyoming's schedule First off, I think they're ranked too low in, in those advanced metrics there. They're like 70 and 90, which I think is way too low. Criminally low for them, I believe. Mm-hmm. But, like, they get every tough game at home. Yes, they do. And they, I think that was something I pointed out on Twitter back in, like, December probably. or January or something like, like that. My university, my own alum, alumni, University of Utah, somehow got is going to Laramie <laughs> for this year. <laughs> So somehow the Cowboys are pulling in like power, good power Texas, opponents all yeah. the time. Yeah, Missouri, Nebraska, stuff like that. Yeah, I believe recently too. Um, like Utah, like I think Utah probably would beat them, but Utah is the least returning production team in the country. Mm-hmm. So there's that, and they're supposed to have a quarterback competition in spring. Never materialized. Going to happen in the fall. We'll see how it goes. Probably going to be the Texas transfer Cam Rising since he was there for a year. But like they get Utes at home. That's 
a tough game, but they're at home. They get San Diego State, Air Force, Utah State, and Boise State all at home. Yeah, I mean, if they're ever going to come up with a sequel for 2016, this is be, this would be the perfect schedule to do it because you get all of your toughest games at War Memorial Stadium. How, also, how is Utah State 100 SP+. You know what? I think it's because they're losing a lot of production. Jordan loves a lot of production there. Or <laughs> typical yeah, David Woodward. You know, or at least in terms of the factors in which you know return and production is weighed. You know, passing yards mm-hmm. and and pass defense tend to be sure. weighed a little more heavily than you know run and defending the run and stuff like that. So I think you know losing a pair of impact players like Jordan Love and Woodward, like you mentioned, that <laughs> that's that's not nothing for any no, team, it's not. but especially a team like Utah State, which they may have obvious answers, but they aren't necessarily proven answers in the same way that Love and Woodward were. Sure. But like their schedule could be one of the most favorable. And also, one thing too I noted, like we'll go to the big picture, not going team by team here, but like they could seriously start, not kidding, one and three in non conference play. Are you because, talking about Utah State or Wyoming? No, Wyoming. Uh-huh. Because Louisiana's probably the favorite to win the Sun Belt. Utah and going to Ball State's probably a toss-up game. Basically, Ball, like, Ball State's not bad. That's what I mean, yeah. The, and especially like at SP Plus, all that stuff in FPI, they're right in the same ballpark as a Wyoming or yeah, Wyoming for toss-up. Like, so they could be like one and three, and then the yeah, UNLV could win. And then they get those tough games at home, Aztecs, Falcons. But they might be a team to sleep on. Like they're one crap. What is this? One and three. Then I'm going like eight and four mm-hmm. or something, and like when have one conference loss and like win the mountain division or something. Cause somehow they beat like, uh, or they tire something like maybe there's a Boise or air force or something. And their schedules, it's favorable, but it's not easy. I would say. Yeah. I mean, I don't think it's inconceivable that they could go four and oh though. Well, I, it's not like there are no unbeatable teams on that September schedule. True. True. And like it was a game with Utah, new quarterback, new running back, uh, lose a couple offensive linemen, a couple the best defender in a long time. Like I think eight of those guys in defense are gone, and so keep the low scoring game, and so it's a. I would I, I put Utah as like a guaranteed loss, but wasn't comfortable with it though, mm-hmm. because I'm thinking it's likely a loss. But you're right, if it's at home, it's uh, we'll see. But what's your like your big take on the big of the whole schedule? I like the early week zero games. I do hate Boise Air Force play early again, which is lame. Week th- week three, or week two? Well, excuse me, week two. I mean that's got to be. By design, though, because you know, because the Falcons always play Army and Navy, they have to put at least one of those two conference games somewhere. But back to back years, they had it last year as well. You know what, though? It's, you know, they push it to a Friday night. You know, people are going to watch. Well, we're going to get to that too at some point. That could be a podcast because half these games are not half, but what? I will look, whatever they think. What is it? Seven they could have, I think it was Friday night games for CBS uh, and yeah, Fox. Yeah, I believe so. So there could be like two games every every Friday night almost a doubleheader or dueling games on CBS and FS1 but mm. I don't like stick something else there come on right yeah I don't see why not also speaking of Boise schedule I, I'll let you talk sorry I interrupt here no see no, no you, go for it see how many uh, triple option teams they play in a row essentially <laughs> yeah two in a row right off the bat <laughs> and Florida State the week after mm-hmm. so that was a little interesting nugget I saw there so what else see, what, I, what do you got go for it I think another team that has a fairly reasonable home schedule, you know, maybe not to the same extent as Wyoming, but if, and especially in conference play, if you look at Nevada, I think that they get a lot of their most important games at Mackey Stadium as well, you know, because they 
you know, they kick off conference play, especially with uh, San Diego State. They get at home. They get Fresno at home. Uh, they do have to take a trip to Hawaii in the meantime. But then as far as their, you know, their interdivision games, they also get Utah State and Wyoming at home. Ooh, boy. So, you know, I, I've talked before and I'm sure I'll talk again as, you know, when, whenever we actually do get around to getting closer to the season. Still bullish on Nevada for the time being with all the production they have coming back. And so I think that it may not be quite as obvious as it is with the Cowboys, but this is a slate, especially at home, where if they can defend their home turf, they could make some noise as a dark horse in the West Division. Well, think of the West Division. Like, look how many coaches they have, too. Isn't everybody yeah. but San Jose and Nevada? Yeah, I believe so, actually. And I guess Rocky uh, – well – What's his uh, sorry, a um, uh, Brady Hoke, excuse me, is still a new coach, but been around before. But mm-hmm. so is Nevada, would they be kind of falls like kind of maybe your sleeper team, possibly? I mean, they were kind of my sleeper team last year, but I'm I'm willing to double down. Interesting. If, if they get those teams at home and everything, like you said, and the West is going to be up in the air. I'm interesting too. Todd Graham, new Hawaii coach. Maybe we'll I'll listen to this tomorrow. He has his first coaches show out in the islands out there tomorrow on Monday night. So maybe I'll pull that podcast, give a listen to what he's about because new coaches, it's like, what do we do? Like I know um, Fresno State coach, they had their little – they he did a Zoom meeting like everybody's been doing now. Heck, if you bought Zoom stock, you're doing well at the moment, I guess, a couple weeks ago. But uh, I wish they pulled the audio, but they just had some quotes and clips in there. It's like, oh, we're trying to do this as a team. But I'm wondering, like, how are these new coaches going to handle it? Like that has to be a huge advantage, like Norvell and everything, playing against all these Western teams that have to have new coaches and new schemes like that could be another show itself like how are they going to install all these offenses that they want or defenses with new coaches yeah but yeah nevada schedule is pretty nice looking overall um a couple other things i'm noticing here i do like the last week of the season um you have a couple rivalry games i believe sort of right nevada you yeah, so finally. i mean i think that you what the mountain west has done i think especially since uh the debacle in 2017 between yeah, Fresno boise, state and boise state back to back yeah is they basically end the conference schedule with two straight division games yes good plan it's like the nfl does now so you may not be benching guys week 16 17 yeah so yeah you got i think every single is every single one one there's no boys there's no byu sneak in the schedule this time around uh not this time there is a buy two teams have a buy like on the 21st but yeah i like that too because it forces no back-to-backs and also it could be like um was it last year the de facto mountain division game Utah Hawaii State. and San Diego oh, State. Oh, the Hawaii San Diego State. That's right. Yeah. So, like, there could be that again. Like, Air Force. Like, if we're looking at those last two weeks, let's go to the last week. Would you peg any of those as a this could be for the division? Out of Ooh, week? Okay, I'd have to I'd have to rattle, rattle through these real quick. All right, I got to. Um, I will. Okay. Would you have the schedule in front of you? I'm looking at them individually, but if you want to, rattle I got, them off I got me. the whole thing here. Air Force, okay. Utah State, maybe. CSU, Boise State. Everybody likes CSU to be a sleeper team, essentially, at the moment, I guess, mm-hmm. with what they have coming back. Well, I mean, in Mexico, I'll say no. As for, like, the winner takes all, I'd say. Yeah. San, San Jose State, Fresno State, probably no. Hawaii, San Diego State, I could see that again. Nevada, UNLV. <laughs> I mean, you know, that, that battle for the Fremont Cannon's got a lot to live up to after last year. Oh, yeah, fight, man. Um, You know, it's not quite as obvious this time around. But then again, it wasn't really obvious last year between the Warriors and Aztecs. And the way the low scoring it came out to be as well. I mean, I think if I were going to peg my hopes on one of those games, I would probably go with CSU at Boise. 
So you think the Rams are fin- are going to get over there? Steve Adazio, running the running the ball, whatever he wants to be, man up, all that junk. They're going to be in a, a position to possibly win the Mountain Division and be Boise State for like the first time ever. I think so, but I mean, if we're, if we're talking about you know the earlier part of their schedule, they've got for which team really they, which... for the Rams for okay. Colorado State. Mm-hmm. You know, they've got a tough stretch coming off a of bye, basically starting in late October. Mm-hmm. Um, that they're going to have to survive if they want to get to that point. You know, because they have a stretch of three road games in four weeks, which starts at UNLV, which Fine, may not be that may not be that huge of a deal. But then they come home for the border war on Halloween. Which be tough. is this sports schedule for right now? Mm-hmm. Then they have back-to-back games at San Diego State and at Air Force. Their stretch might be the toughest. At as look at that stretch: Wyoming, at SDSU, at Air Force. Utah State's not going to be a pushover than at Boise State. Can they it's survive? Gonna be, it's going to be a real crucible for them. Can they survive that? I'm going to say no. I mean, I don't. I'm not going to put it at zero percent. I'm not I mean, either. But March 29th, I'm going to lean heavy toward no. <laughs> I mean, it could be that kind of pivot point. Kind of like this last year, where you know it looked like they were turning a corner, and then as soon as the schedule ramped up a little bit, whatever gains they made got erased. Mm-hmm. I, would, I mean, it's it's very easy to imagine them getting off to a three and zero start in conference play. Yeah, because they got what Fresno, New Mexico, UNLV. Yeah, I can see it. They could be like they honestly like if their expectations from Patrick O'Brien to Warden Jackson, who they have out there, like could they beat Colorado? Probably they have a new head coach to both do, I guess. Going to Oregon State might be tricky because they're a touch better. Like, I would not be shocked. Like, okay, you want to see here hot take? Rams fans say hate them. I would give them a. It's 40%. 40% is pretty good, right? Four out of 10 times to achieve something. Do you think that's pretty good? Yeah, it's not bad. I'd give them a 40% chance to start in the season 7 and 0. 40%. Colorado. Okay. Oregon State. Northern Colorado, Vanderbilt, Fresno, New Mexico, UNLV. You tell me they could not, they would not, they would not be winnable at all those games. Forty percent is a lot more optimistic I, than I would be. <laughs> I'm just, I, I'd probably be high, but like if you look at games in a vacuum individually, they like they could win any any of those seven games, right? Would you? I mean, agree with me? I, I will keep it more simple. It could happen. No. <laughs> you know, because again, there there are no. Like we like we talked about with Wyoming, like we talked about with Nevada, there are no kind of unbeatable That's what I'm teams on yeah. that um, in that stretch. Yeah. However, I could see them losing at Vanderbilt. I could see them losing at Oregon State and to Colorado. Yeah. And so, but I'm just saying, like looking individually at those games, like none of those games scare you to say they're going to lose them all. Mm-hmm. Or, I mean, lose. But I could like, man, maybe I'm sleeping on the Rams now. I don't know. I would say with them, like I had a little convo on Twitter about they're talking about Wyoming and CSU and a few things. The one thing we mentioned, as you did last year, Rams defense got a bit better as the season went along. One thing that didn't get better, they're basically, I think, 11th or 12th, 11th in turnover margin. So if they could be above average on defense, say fourth or fifth or better in most major metrics, and and maybe be zero in turnover margin. They could be that team might be a sleeper team to win the division, like you mentioned, mm-hmm. as to be the team the final week of the season where that game could decide the Mountain Division, which would be how upset would Raj and everybody be if they if they went at Boise State and that and that game gets them the Mountain Division title? <laughs> <laughs> Can't imagine because Raj already said he's going to Laramie, and if Wyoming beats Boise State, he's buying drinks for people. What's yeah. he gonna do if they lose to at, to lose to CSU the week after? <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't mention that possibility to. 
to Broncos fans because hey, they listen. They'll they'll get to it. I'm just saying because <laughs> it hasn't happened yet. So. No, it hasn't. I'm just just thinking out loud. Well, because you mentioned Rams could be in the. Because see, you have to kind of agree with me because you think the Rams Broncos could be a dis- division title game. It is possible. Yeah, I mean, it's not like I said, it's not a, a like an obvious pick. No. But if I had to choose one, that would be it. If I had to pick one, I'd probably do a repeat of Hawaii San Diego State. Um, if I go to the other division, I'd probably lean more toward Air Force USU. Okay, so I, let me let me flip this question around then, because we're you you were talking about the end of the schedule, but now mm-hmm. I want to look at the beginning of the conference schedule. Okay. My question for you is: Is there any one team that you think, when you look at their first two games of conference play, conference play, okay, that could play themselves? out of the conference race Ooh. a lot sooner than anybody would have been anticipated. Uh, I'm looking really quick. Um, let's see. First two games. Um, I'm leaning toward Nevada, Hawaii, possibly. I could see Hawaii being played out of it. Okay. They host Nevada. I believe that's mm-hmm. their first game, October 3rd. Is that their first co- conference game? Yes, it is. Yeah. They already play Oregon, which will be a mess. So Nevada, Hawaii, which... Nevada should be decent, and then Nevada, or excuse me, Hawaii does get an off week, but then they play at Air Force, mm-hmm. and so and then okay, go week three, then they play Boise, they host Boise State. Yeah. So I'm thinking Hawaii might be a team. While I think they could be pretty good, that that could be an early team that could easily play them out of a division title by before Halloween. Yeah, I mean, and speaking of Air Force, I think that looking at everybody's schedule, that would be my pick because we already mentioned how they tentatively have their week two game set against uh, Boise State. Uh, but then two weeks later, they go to Fresno to face the Bulldogs. And if the Bulldogs rebound to be, you know, better like I think they can in 2020, you know, for as good as the Falcons were last year, it could be a they could be perceived as a disappointment by the end of September if they're not careful. Sure. Even if so let's just say they, they're fine versus Fresno, they got the Hawaii game, which can go either way, in my opinion, like mm-hmm. I mentioned Hawaii. And then, then a week after, well, I mean, so they could be in the same mix where them and Hawaii could be looking on the outside by Halloween. Yeah. So I think those are pretty good. I'm trying to see somebody else because I haven't, I don't have it broken up exactly by conference play, but I don't get San Diego State, Utah State play in October. That's a pretty good one. But Aztecs also have. Nevada and UNLV before, and so it's like probably not. Well, but, okay, so if you're looking at Utah State, their first two conference games are home versus San Diego State and at Boise. That's the same thing, yeah. See, that's interesting too. Boise, that USU, not right. Very well, because San Diego State, like even with new coach, we don't know who quarterback is. But here's the thing about them: like it's kind of like with Fresno State, it's a new coach, but not really a new coach. If you get my drift. Yeah, Brady Hoke, D line coach. Was he there one or two years before? How long has he been? He there? was there a couple of years. A couple. Yeah. But then remember when he came from Ball State, left to Michigan. So he's been around. So he knows what he's doing. So while it's a new coach, it's not really a new coach overall. And it's not like the scheme has changed. I know he wants he when he was there last time. He kind of opened it up a little bit more. And Rocky Long kind of did that a little bit. I wonder if that was foreshadowing last year when let's open up a touch because maybe Hoke will be maybe Rocky Long already knew what he's kind of getting into. Maybe you're just kind of preparing. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, if we have a new coach, why not bring Hoke up? He's been here before. He's spread. Let's kind of slightly adjust our offense to be a bit more open. So that's kind of a thought. But you know, I think you're right there. Those couple of teams like that could be it could be out of it pretty early, and that would be it could do two things that could mess things up at the end where teams get on a streak at the end and pull up upsets. So, but uh, I, I like those. I like the picks you made. I like the picks I made too. So that's always a. Uh, it's good when we uh, agree on stuff. Mostly, I guess. I don't know. Except for my CSU going seven and zero and ranked eighteenth after by Halloween. 
I'm just saying 40% <laughs> is really high. I should change that. I, I should probably go like 15%, right? That's more reasonable. Okay. But I with the Ram, back to the Rams real quick. Like, I, What we've seen for quarterback play is a possibility, even though I wasn't, I'm not a huge fan of the head coach hire. It's like it's kind of like I said for years for New Mexico or San Diego State. When San Diego State gets the above average quarterback play, which they've been close to that, I would like it to be a bit better for them to be like winning 10, 11 games like they did before. Like if they could get to that, it'd be great. If New Mexico, when they were on fire with Bob Davey a couple years ago, um, if they had a, a decent defense or anything of a defense, they would have been really good and almost unstoppable. Same with Wyoming. Maybe this year they conduct a passing game. They could be really, really good with that defense. Same with CSU. Defense doesn't need to be amazing, but like, like I said before, cut down the turnover margin, get the defense to fourth, fifth, sixth in most categories, and they could, again, seriously, contend for the conference. Yeah, and I mean, to that point, I just looked it up while you were talking. Um, when they were winning 10 games in 2014, do you want to take a guess as to where the defense ranked on a per-play basis? Is this the Rams? Yes. Is this when they had Shaq Barrett on the roster? <laughs> yeah, it was when they won 10 games. They had Garrett Grayson. Uh, Third-round quarterback. quarterback. That was their, uh, their Vegas Bowl year. That's true, and they got thumped by Utah or whatever. Um, but We'll just ignore that. But guess where they ranked? in the conference as far as total defense per play basis per play third they were seventh seventh whoa they were seventh just to put that what was your wait, wait, wait what was their turnover margin that year do you have that real quick oh you know what let me pull that up because that's ironic kind of... ironically they were better on a per play basis last year than they were in 2014 interesting uh their turnover margin this is really riveting podcasting get it come on uh it was plus two See, there you go. That's a big thing. They're minus 11 this year, last year. There you go. So, so that, I mean, that can it, make up it a won't lot. take that much incremental improvement. And it's like when Phil Still does his magazine, for those who still get his magazine, I wonder how he's doing this this time of year. Hope you're doing well, Phil. But what we're saying, he always met, mentions like turnover margins kind of – it's not a luck factor, which fumble luck is a thing, which we've said a million times, right, Matt? We're not going to get back in that. It is a thing. It's luck. All blonde football bouncing – just go watch the Florida State Boise tape with the guy. Florida State guys couldn't get the ball right in front of the feet. Okay, just one more time now for for first time listeners, newer listeners. Yes, everything about creating a fumble is a skill. Uh-huh. Falling on a fumble is not a skill. Correct. It um yeah, it takes some luck to it. And if you and if you want the longer explanation, then go read Football Outsiders. Like there are other versions. Like if you're a skill guy, maybe pick up better. If you're an offensive lineman guy, probably not. But it's like. It's not. It's it's more difficult. It, there's some luck to it. More yeah. luck than skill, I would say. Again, for a fun example to watch, go find the GIF or video of the Florida State guys trying to find the ball, and the Boise guy, guy comes through, dives on it because they're trying mm-hmm. to dance around it for some reason. So if they can, like that, can make up for your defense not being great. And I don't, I don't have exactly what CSU did. Like if they, I should look it up. I think it also your offense plays in a part of this. Well, don't turn the ball over on offense. But also means defense to create turnover. So if you can minimize that, and like I was going with Phil Still, he mentioned that thing like turnover margin. If you change by just a couple, like imagine if CSU last year was just minus three. That's eight more times they have the ball, essentially, mm-hmm. or or don't lose the ball, essentially, eight more times where it's in their favor. That exactly. could be how many points could that be? That could be a lot of points, and that could be a couple wins possibly. So it could make up even their defense is just average, but the turnovers basically between. What's what's a, an average rate? What minus two to plus two? Is that a pretty good margin yeah. of error? I guess. So I don't I know. So, yeah. It's a so that's how I think the Rams. I think defense is just okay or even not great yards per play. But if they have that turnover margin in check, 
that's helpful for them, I think. And that's why they could be a team with how their schedule's set up, who they're playing, when they're playing. Like they go they do have to go to San Diego State, which is not easy. They do have to go to Air Force, which is not easy. We already mentioned like their tough second half of the season. Like they could start off hot. Like if my seven low prediction somehow comes true, I could also see them losing their final five games. Well, I mean San Diego State, Air Force, Utah State, Boise State, seven and five. Around these parts we call that a South Florida. <laughs> oh, Brumley, that Twitter petty argument last two weeks ago or was it last week? I don't know. I muted the guy because I was tired of him after a minute, so but um, it's just funny. Talk, bringing a BYU and trying to bring it up. I'm like, yeah, they're not in the conference anymore, buddy. So get your facts straight. But you're right. Um, let's, do, let's wrap up here. But let's do some non-conference stuff. Any non-conference game you're excited to see? That's You're like, oh, that's a cool matchup. Uh, Fresno State-wise, let's start with your team. Well, okay. So as far as Fresno State is concerned, um, <laughs> I guess I'm also interested to see how they stack up with Colorado because I think – you know, asking them to compete on a drive-by-drive basis against Texas A&M on the road is probably a bridge too far. Um, and New Mexico State's probably the other way around, I would say, almost. But I do think that the Buffaloes are kind of a litmus test, uh, you know, for how far along the team has come as far as kind of reloading from last year. I agree, because CU has new co- both new coaches. Mm-hmm. CU loses Steven Montez and... Oh, Leva- Chavolt, the receiver, who's really good. LaVisca Chavolt. Yeah. LaVisca Chavolt, LaVisca Chavolt, excuse me. He's gone. Um, Fresno's new quarterback. And so, and remember, it's not all Jorge Reina's fault last year, just saying. But <laughs> that that is a good test where teams are wanting to prove themselves early on. Like for, I know CU plays uh, Colorado State. Do they play Air Force again as well before they play Fresno? Um. Well, who are we talking about? Colorado. They played. Don't was, they play three? I was looking teams? at another tab. Uh, Colorado play. They they open with CSU. Do they play Air Force again? I don't think they do. No. Look real quick. Um, Air Force does not play Colorado. No, they're so. not this year. Okay, that's a one time thing. So, so that that's a good limit. It's just like so. If we're looking at new coaches. Maybe that's a better way to look at it. Um, I do like like Cal at UNLV could be interesting. That's that is one of the games that's going to be well. At the moment, Allegiant Stadium is maybe on track to be open, Matt. Did we talk about it last week about how that's uh, possibly being postponed? Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what they needed there. I, yeah, I do see construction people around me working. We're like four or five, which is fine, I guess. Um, but uh, that stadium has a lot of people there, so who knows if they could work or not. So that may be back to the same boy. But playing Cal, that'll be tough because Justin Wilcock with his defense, what they can do, that'll be a good – that'll just be fun to see because of the opener. I want to see UCLA Hawaii because I don't trust uh, Chip Kelly still. To be any a good college football coach anymore, I do That's think, reasonable. Yeah, Nevada at Arkansas. Can we make it? Can we get another win against SEC? Wouldn't that be nice? <laughs> um, the one game we did mention, honestly, people are sleeping on. Wyoming at Louisiana. Yeah, that's gonna be a good one. Raging Cajun. Like, if you went to Sun Belt, if you're projected, like that's where they're at FP, SP plus, FPI. That's what a, a top sixty, top eighty team. Mm-hmm. I like that. Any other? Um, you know what an interesting game is, non-conference, that has, will be just a blowout, probably Fordham at Hawaii, going from Bronx, New York, to Honolulu. That's a trip. That's going to be <laughs> – at least they get to enjoy uh, the weather out there. It helps. Assuming hopefully the game goes on too, September 12th, just saying. So are there any other group of five non-conference games that you're interested in? Ooh. Because one one that I pointed out when I wrote here. about it was uh, San Jose State at Central Michigan to open the season. we got Nevada, South Florida. Both start, start, start with yours. Uh 
Is, uh, because, because both teams are reloading to a certain extent, but you know this was a team that in, in CMU that rebounded in a huge way in year one under Jim Malcolm. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, very nearly won the MAC conference mm-hmm. and you know looked pretty good more often than not. So I think it's going to be a really good test for both teams. It will be because or excuse me, San Jose State has new quarterback. Whether it's Nick Nash or the transfer from Arkansas, Nick Starkle or Nick Starkle. Sorry, wait, who's Nick Nash and who's that guy? Nick Nash's returner. Oh, that's oh, it's Nick Nash and Nick Starkle, the two Nicks. Mm-hmm. Okay, I do. Okay, I'm like, wait a minute, was I wrong on that? You were not wrong. No, <laughs> I got half of it right. Uh, we do have. We mentioned the Louisiana one, but Nevada, South Florida, Nevada. Come on, anytime you get beat up on the American, hopefully, right? Maybe, please. Mm-hmm. Oh, wouldn't that be nice? Fingers crossed. Well, South Florida's garbage too. Come on, right? They're not good. No, they're not. They were. They somehow. Uh, the, that's how the Twitter thread starts. Somehow, how they couldn't beat BYU. I'm like, well, BYU isn't good that last year either, really. Well, they beat Boise, but still. But that's a. It'll be interesting because just because it's South Florida, they probably got talent. But they have a. Who's your coach now? They got rid of Willie Taggart, who took over at South Florida. Do you uh, it was uh, Jeff Scott, I believe. Okay. From Clemson. Oh, OC for co OC from Clemson. Okay. Other group of five. Are there any? You got Boise State Marshall. Last year was a kind of ugly game, but last year was a fist fight. Yeah, rock it was fist very fight. Very entertaining though. Oh, and Boise State screwing themselves in the red zone a couple times. Well, it doesn't help. Uh, Ball State, whatever, that's fine. First of all, I, I, mean, I would also throw San Diego State at Toledo in there. You, what do you think so? There's a, there's a few intriguing Mac road games in the West, which, which I'm not going to lie, I kind of dig it. Is Toledo back to being what we like them to be? That's going to be an interesting thing to follow because if they are, what you would, what I think you would have seen, what, two, three years ago is a classic kind of offense versus defense matchup. But Toledo, as you mentioned, kind of fell off last year. Um, but if they can kind of get back to where they had been earlier in the decade, last decade, could be a yeah. very underrated matchup. Remember, they had Kareem Hunt as a running back too a couple years ago. Oh yeah. So um, a couple of them. Trying to scroll through here, you got um, you got the BYU games, you got Utah State, Boise State. Those are always interesting, just because you got the Commander Chief games, which we always talk about. Um, you know what the worst the worst FBS game on our schedule could be? UMass versus New Mexico. That's going to be bleak. Or is it New Mexico versus New Mexico State? <laughs> that, that one always has rivalry. Yeah, there's Not there's yet. a little juice to it with that. And they've tended to be sneaky, fun games to watch. I remember, weren't they like one of the first Facebook games and Tavaki Toyota came in late to like almost come back from like 20-something down? Yes. Okay. So, okay, there's a bit more. So, I, I guess I think I will, I will go UMass New Mexico being the worst team out there. Worst game, I should say. Um, anything else? I think that's pretty much all of them. Let me ask you this before we wrap it up really quick. Of the games we have in the schedule, I got two. I already have mine in here. What do you think the worst blowout loss will be from a group of Power 5 versus Mountain West team? Ooh, that's a tough one. You got Hawaii at Oregon. Yeah, that one's going to be rough. You got whatever you think at USC, they play in Mexico. So there's that. San Jose, San Jose State at Penn State. Ooh. Um, anything else on there? I'm trying to think. Not UCLA, UNLV, not, Iowa. Not a lot of obvious well, ones. Iowa State, UNLV, possibly. Ooh, yeah, that's true. Because Iowa State might be like a top twenty team coming into the year. I'd say a couple. So, all right, let's get to one last thing real quick. You just thanks for the message. Just now, I got on Facebook here. We've we glossed over Gary Anderson had a. All these coaches are doing video conferences just to for the media since you can't really talk with them face to face. Yeah, this wasn't one of those. It was weird because I'm like, oh, why did, I'm like, why didn't I get my email to talk to Gary Anderson? Because I get that for work all the time. What it was was somebody asking him questions and they cut out the questions, and so it's just him talking for like 25 minutes. 
mm-hmm. which fine, but it'd be nicer if you had actually talked to the media. But there's there's some good stuff in there, and it's all the questions you thought they asked, like how are you training with your team, how are you doing it remotely, all that stuff. But he brought up um, June first as a deadline to get college football started and going. Because we talked last time about spring football, what odds are, what they'll probably do if things go semi normal, give them a, maybe an extra week in the fall camp. Mm-hmm. He was saying if things can't get going by June 1st, because you mentioned yourself in Fresno State, it's all online classes. Yes. So they're pro- that, that basically means they're not going to be able to do, we're going to weight room, work out on campus with the strength coach and everything. So Gary Anderson mentioned if it's not ready by June 1st, he thinks you need a lot. I don't think you need that much time. Like MLB has been saying, I think the Blue Jays guy, they need a month of more spring training. I'm like, come on, baseball, really? Give them a week, right? 10 days maybe for baseball? Just saying, baseball is a little bit easier unless you're a pitcher. I, guess. I mean, athlete, it takes time to round in the form. Like, you know, <laughs> I say that as someone who like went back to the gym very recently. <laughs> and they can't uh, go back before, anymore. <laughs> before before COVID nineteen came around, like you know, took a, took a break for the holidays, and then like getting back on the treadmill was yeah felt terrible. But also, yes. But my but point. So I just imagine. I just imagine it being even more so for like a college athlete. Okay, but yeah. I'm saying comparing baseball to football. Baseball. I, I know what you mean, though. Pitcher, I can see more because they're more stressed on that arm and so right. My, I'm still dealing with my shoulder surgery, which the past few days have been super painful, which sucks. But I get it. But so football, he was saying maybe we do only non-conference games, which would kind of screw up a lot of other things. And so he's like, if you play eight, you play eight. If you play nine, like Big Pac-12, uh, Big Ten, you play nine. So what are your thoughts on that? And is June first too early of a deadline? See, I think that there's a couple of potentially big losers depending on how things get reshaped. You know, one of the big ones, I, I mean, I, I, I hesitate to say losers. It's just, you know, it would kind of pose big questions for these particular teams. So first of all, Air Force, mm-hmm. because we talked about that game on September 12th as being really important, you know, against Boise State. Mm-hmm. But that's week two. It's yes. two weeks before any of their other games uh, against conference play. And so how do you reorganize the Falcons schedule in such a way that they can reschedule that Boise State game? Because when you look at the Broncos schedule, the only off week that Air Force has is the Halloween weekend. Mm-hmm. Boise State is currently scheduled to host UNLV that weekend. So logistically, they're going to need to either find a way to push the Mountain West Championship back a week well, or, yeah. or something like that. I just, you know, you off the top of my head, I don't know how they would do it because, you know, what does that mean for the Commander-in-Chief's round, Robin? Yeah, here's what I got here for you. We, September 19th, Air Force Boise have non-conference games to switch to that week. That's true. There's that. There's a lot of ways, but like... Because so, I, I generally look at October 3rd, the weekend of October 3rd, as being kind of like the, the go date that that mm-hmm. Gary Anderson's referring to. Yeah, he was because, like, give me 10, give me about basically about 10 weeks to play eight games, spread them out. So you can have good TV games. Yeah. Help, Cause, stuff like cause that, yeah. most of the mountain West has their four non-conference games and then they start conference play for the most part. You get so the that, BYU game mixed in. Yeah. Yeah. That makes it. You got BYU mixed in there. Air force army. There's no like looking really quick going backwards. Final week, nothing like there's week, uh, no week of November 14th. You have two, like UConn, San Jose, San Diego State, BYU, a mm-hmm. couple. There's not many, but you're right. With the ones early on, you can make it work. But, like, who does this, like, as for games itself, a lot of these games are by games. Like, UCLA at Hawaii is a home and home. But, like, you, I think Utah Wyoming is a home. You want to know who you want to know who could lose the most? What? UNLV. 
Why is that? Because they were going to start their year with three straight home games. Oh, two of which, mm. two of which were going to be in the new stadium. That's right, because they're going to do the Cal UNLV seemed likely, and then what were the other ones? Uh, La Tech, Cal, La, La Tech, Te- Arizona State. I think Arizona State, La Tech, one of those were going to be moved at least one. I mean, I, th- I think you're right, but it's just you know the fact that they are losing half of their home schedule is well, not necessarily. Uh, they that, still have four home games if they go if they don't have it, but you'd be missing out playing those teams. The only home games they'd have were you know at Nevada, or I guess they would have four, wouldn't they? Yeah, it's miscounting. I know it's all right. It's all good. But it's still that's still a lot it to sucks. lose, and I think that compared to every other team in the conference, I don't think any other team would be in that situation where they're losing that many home games. Especially, yeah, sure. Yeah, I, I get your point. Um, straight to they have three. Not wait. How, wait, hold. On. How many home games do they have then? Because if they play three, road, that means they'd only have five. No, home. they get they get three division games, and they get the cross division game at home against. Uh, sorry, I'm trying to look it up against. Here. No, that's Utah State. Hold on. But they'd only Against have five Colorado home games. Colorado State and Wyoming. But they'd, so only, they get, but they'd only have five home games overall, right? They have Wyoming, Colorado State, Fresno State, Nevada. That's it. Oh, you know why it hurt them more? My mistake. I, I was thinking backwards. Why do I have seven here? Isn't there six home games? One. Sorry, I'm doing stupid math here. Three, four, five, six. No, it hurt them worse. They have seven home games this year. Mm-hmm. When does that ever happen for a group of five team? Never. Basically almost. never. Unless you play 13 games like Hawaii does. And I mean, Hawaii, conversely, though, I think it, and I, I use help very loosely here, quotation marks <laughs> in the air that you can't see. I think a team that could potentially be helped by something like this is New Mexico. Why is because that? we didn't we didn't really talk about them that much because yeah, their okay. non-conference schedule is rough. Could they open in week zero against Idaho State, but then they have three straight road games at Mississippi State, at USC, at New Mexico State. Those first two, I mean, probably going to be some kind of bludgeoning or another. Mike Leach, Chip Kelly, yeah, it's going to be. But, I mean, I think if you give that team more time to coalesce, you know, and if all they had to do was deal with a conference schedule, they could be a lot more interesting than I think they would be otherwise. I feel like with the things as they stand right now, there's a chance that they could get written off by the time the calendar turns to October. It's true. Could be the same thing way if Wyoming's season goes sideways early on because your schedule of toss-ups. Yeah. So if we do, like, would you be okay if it goes to an eight, let's say football season, whatever reason you get to push back. I do like that October time to start games because that gives you basically maybe a little bit earlier because that's like eight weeks essentially mm-hmm. because that's tough. You probably want to start maybe a week or two earlier, but like, I think what Gary Anderson's saying, I get his idea, and he's also like, the end of his quote, like, well, I have too much time on my hands. Maybe I'm just thinking too much, which probably the case, like a lot of us are. Would you be, I assume if it's that or nothing, we're going to take eight conference games, right? Or wouldn't, I'd say, well, I don't want to, I'm not playing Oregon. I don't get to see this team. I would take it. would be like throwing it back to the 40s or something. Yeah, I'd be like, oh, eight, no. It's like all these teams, eight, no, and they figure out bowl slots. That'd be interesting to figure out too. There's also some logistical, logistical, logistical stuff like rescheduling all these games, especially like non-conference one and done games. Are teams going to who paid the one-time game one point three million to I don't know Air I'm just example right in front front of my face Air Force or Purdue is Purdue mm-hmm. Purdue paying one point one million to get Air Force into town? How's that going to work out? Has that been paid? Will it be paid? Can they reschedule? Could it be, will it be rescheduled like a decade from now because team schedule 
minimum three years out, typically three to ten years out, when are these games going to be rescheduled? And so there's that, which maybe could ease the schedule a little bit, scheduling to know there's two to four games that need to go down the road for most teams. Air Force would be fine. they got Air Army, Army, Navy every year, but like, how would some of these work? Like even FCS schools, they get paid to go to play at CAC, like Northern Colorado. You have all these FCS teams playing, like, you know what I mean, that come to town to play these games, and that's like their most money they get all year. And then you couple with the NCA paying out way less than they thought than they could because of the NCAA March Madness. Yeah, and, I'm, and we mentioned them before, but I think another team that could potentially be damaged by this kind of move is Boise State because yeah, Florida State at home. Well, three of their non-conference games are at home. Georgia Southern, Florida State, and BYU. Like, if they have to erase those three games to, you know, move the Air Force game backwards, that's not a huge deal because, like, you know, if they move it to that November 6th slot where they have BYU, now all of a sudden you're looking at three straight road games. I don't think they want any team in the Mountain West to have to do that. There could be some major reshuffling, but, like, Boise, that FSU game, probably that 10 a.m. local time, that big Fox game, the big noon game, That was that's the whole plan. Yeah. And so there's a lot of stuff going on, but I'd rather have that than no football. But I think the June 1st date's too early to decide because here's the thing. We're not going to know anything that's going on in the country by June 1st like we've mentioned early on. Because Well, we'll know a little bit, but honestly, like if we had to put a, a deadline to say, hey, let's just say things go fine. It's I don't want to say fine, but like, is there a date you'd say where they'd need to start reducing college football games? Oof. I mean, that's. I feel like that's above my pay grade. I know. I'm just. I'm just trying to think out loud. Like he said, June first. I think that's too early, in my opinion. To, I guess if off the top of my head, I'd say July first. That's what I was thinking too, because June first, it's like that. Because that basically gives you less than like seven weeks from from July first to week zero. Because let's just say school. Let's let's be honest. We brought up Mystic. Say schools are open. I don't know what summer school works in most places, but let's just say it's still online only for most colleges. And if I recall, when I took summer, and you probably know more than me, Matt, they're probably done. I guess depending on your if you're what semester or quarter system, whatever you're on. But typically, you're probably done summer school by what week two of August, late July. Summer, summer school is usually done about a week and a half before the fall semester starts. Okay. I mean, like at my campus, for instance, they're kind of staggered throughout the summer because some classes are longer than others. Yeah, same with me at Utah when I took a couple or Juco or Ju- community college to get my five credits of Spanish in years ago. <laughs> I took yeah. that. So let's just say it's still online, but say, hey, we can come back to campus even let's just say after the 4th of July holiday. I think, or that weekend, because I think 4th of July is a Friday or Saturday this year, I believe. So let's just say it's the the Monday after 4th of July, so week two of July. And campuses are still closed, or not closed, but it's online classes. They start Mm -hmm. for faculty can go back to class. If you are an athlete, like to say any fall sports, you can, or at least not even move up a campus, but can go to campus, I would say, to open back up essentially. Yeah. And say they deem it fine. I think that's plenty of time to get going because you would get two to three weeks of intense workout with your team. Hopefully you're staying in some type of shape, right? You would mm-hmm. think you would do your best. Some it'll be it'll be hard. I'm not I'm not gonna downplay it for some guys, depending situation, what where you can't go, just a lot of different reasons where you can work out great or whether you can't. Yeah. So it gives them three weeks of training with the strength coach, then fall camp comes, I think that'd be fine. But I think once it gets past middle of July, or even when fall camps open the third week of July for the week zero teams, if it hits August first and you still can't come back, 
that's where there's gonna be a lot of changes coming on because yeah. college football is a big thing to change. Like I get the Olympics, so money months out, and it's different. Like I said at the beginning, there's 150, 100 countries coming there, people from all over the world. I don't want to end a downer, but I, they, I don't mind Gary Anderson's idea, but he's just spouting off ideas like you and me, right? He's no doctor. No, but I mean, I think he's erring on the side of caution on behalf of his college athletes, and honestly, yeah. I don't blame him. No, as you should. It's like we'll see it happens, and yeah, we'll Mercy we'll, wrap it up there. We'll just see. I, I there's a long off season to go one way. We'll, we'll do our best to be with you guys. We'll be here. So here's the thing: we're done with this show. We're talked schedule. We talked a bunch of Corona. Talked the first half hour. So I hope you enjoy that or fast forward through it, whatever. But hey, we did go past an hour, so you're welcome, I guess, on those. I can't say commute, but um, you can blast this on your house speakers now if nobody's around. Instead of in your you can walk around your neighborhood and practice physical distancing and yeah. be be all set. Yeah, go go shoot some hoops. I think that's still okay, right? I believe in most places. Yeah, six feet apart. That's really all that matters. I'm just saying, play horse with somebody. Go over there. But so that's our show this week. I think next week let's do this. Let's have some fun. Let's do our um, road trip show next week. Is that good? Yeah, let's do it. And then we'll we'll we, we're gonna have some fun stuff posted on the site. A few people are doing things. We'll get a few things here and there going that are not necessarily football. We're going to do our buddy Aztec breakdown. Tron. He's going to do a. He's already started. I've seen the. I've seen the Google Doc mat. Best Mountain West basketball team ever. Ooh. Using what? Using Ken Palm and what of sports? I'm planning on doing a football one there. Getting people involved with that. Using probably Sagarin because that's the best one I believe. So we might do some of that stuff. We might do a few things like your favorite game ever stuff like that. I got the rewatch series going on. So that's pinned to our Twitter MWC Wire. Um, we'll, we'll do some different stuff. We're not going to blow it on just college football talk breakdowns early on that. Cause we got to save that a little bit for a summer yeah. So, but we'll be back next week. Um, again, check our podcast over at anchor. I, I don't think anybody's in the messaging. I don't, if you do whatever, I don't care. But if you want to talk, you only get a minute. So you gotta keep it tight, Matt. So if you want to just say anything about the show, about us, anything, and it can give us a fun show to do. If you guys just send in questions out when we can play, can intersplice those in and we can play them, have some fun, give us some ideas we haven't thought of just because, like you always say, man, we got to be in this offseason together. This was the most important one to date, right? To make it yes. through. So we'll be back next week. Uh, check us out, mwr.com. And yeah, um, be safe and uh, have a good one, guys.